Hello, 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 and welcome to Gritty Reboot. I'm Pedro. And I'm Meredith. What are we covering today, Meredith? We're covering two piece of shit movies. One of them is Texas Chainsaw 3D, 2013, and the other is Leatherface, 2017. Yes, that's right. We are finishing up our uh, entire section here on Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Obviously, we took one episode to cover the original film, because that made the most sense. And then last week, we did the most two logical reboots, which was the 2003 film and the 2022 film that was on Netflix last year. And so this week, we are taking a look at two other attempts to reboot uh, this franchise. Now, these weren't as strong a reboots, but they were reboots all the same. Had you seen any of these movies before we tore into them? Nope. Okay. I, I had seen like Texas Chainsaw. Texas Chainsaw. It was Texas Chainsaw 3D. I didn't see it in a theater or anything like that. I, I think I caught it one time on cable when I was uh, staying with family or something like that. And I was like, oh, this is that Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie with the girl from True Detective. And that was pretty much the way I knew it. And I watched it and I was pretty unimpressed. And we've watched it again, and I can say that I am uh, equally unimpressed with the film. Yeah, like I said, pieces of shit. Yeah, I, th- I think that, that, that puts it pretty well. But to be technical here, in the year of our Lord 2013, uh, we got Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3D, and that starred uh, returning Marilyn Burns as Verna, uh, Gunnar Hansen also back as Boss Sawyer, uh, Bill Mosley uh, returning to the series, and with, even though we haven't talked about him, uh, Drayton Sawyer. We have Tom Barry as Sheriff Hopper, Karium Maliki Sanchez as Kenny, Sean Sippus as Daryl, Tanya Raymond as Nikki, Scott Eastwood as Carol, Trey Songs as Ryan, Dan Yeager as the killer himself, Leatherface, and as the lead and our final girl, Alexander Daddario as Heather Miller. Nice. The beast in me. Did you know anything about this place? I don't even remember this movie being advertised. I don't either. Because like, I watched the trailer, I had no memory of it. Wow. I like Alexandra Daddario. She's not very good in this. No. <laughs> Just straight up with that. She's, she's not very good in this. She's nice to look at. She, yeah, she has beautiful eyes. She's very pretty. And she has a, a wonderfully toned stomach. She's showing off, like, what, three quarters of the film? Mm-hmm. And her attire choice is a little bit weird because it does feel like a period piece, what she's wearing early in the film. Mm. And I know for like, what, 40 minutes of this movie, we thought it was a period piece. Yeah. We were confused until a later scene when someone brings out a, an iPhone. <laughs> so up until that moment, we, we, were, we were very confused here. So uh, just for a bit of technical things here, uh, this was, they said, released in 2013. To be technical, it was actually released the very first week of 2013, one four thirteen. It was made for about $20 million and grossed 47.3. So this actually did make a pretty nice chunk of change. Yeah, I'm surprised by that, actually. Yeah, it it did fairly well. This is a time at the box office when kind of a lower-end movie can kind of seep in there. And I do want to mention, it was in 3D. So that could have been just enough to carry it over the top. Yeah. Well, 3D should be a loose term. Yeah, yeah. Once again, we, we weren't unable to see a 3D version of the movie. We, we do have the capability to do it. but Yeah, but you could tell there was not a whole lot of 3D. Yeah, there was like four or five. Involved. There were like four or five shots where something kind of comes at the camera. Yeah. 3D should be like yeah. everything. It wasn't really blatant. That's the one thing I'll, I'll sort of give the cinematography. They, they didn't go nuts with that kind of effect. If you want an example of that Friday the 13th Part 3, that's a movie in 3D where like every five minutes something's coming at you on the screen. And, like, it just is what it is. Like, you just have to get used to it over time. This movie luckily doesn't do that. But, once again, you you really weren't getting your 3D dollar. Yeah, but James Cameron does 3D. And he does it perfectly where it balances with the story and the characters in in the world. Mm -hmm. And it's not hokey. Yeah. It's very difficult to make a movie like that. And I don't think anybody has really thought about the difficulty of doing that which is very, very strange to me, in all honesty. You know, we've had so many 3D movies and very few, like, great ones, you know, especially ones that take advantage of that medium. And as you may have guessed, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 13 was not going to be the one to get it done. Yeah. So the movie opens up with a flashback scene. Mm-hmm. And From the original movie. Yeah, but this is... So what we've done here, let's explain this incredibly... Well, it's not incredibly complicated, but it's a little convoluted. This continuity goes as such, is... The previous remake that we talked about last week, 
the 2003 film with Jessica Biel and its sequel with Jordana Brewster, those movies are that that timeline is dead. Uh, well, I don't, I forgot what the family was called there, but that's gone now. Mm-hmm. This is a a sequel to the original film, so it cuts out the second and the third movies. So and the fourth film, obviously, this picks up sort of after the first film. Yeah, we have a posse, and this is led by Bert Hartman and Sheriff Hopper. They are uh, a part of this, and Sheriff Hooper, pardon me, by the way, because it's a reference to Toby Hooper. Mm -hmm. Basically, it's like a final standoff between this posse and the Sawyers inside the house. Yeah, it's it's a a standoff between the, basically, I guess, like the townspeople and the Sawyers Mm -hmm. who have a reputation. They basically show up to lynch the Sawyers. Pretty much, yeah, pretty much. I was going to ask you how you felt about this lynching. If we're taking into account the, the events of the first movie, and Sally Hardesty makes it to town, yeah. and she tells the sheriff that story, do you think this is an absurd reaction for the townspeople? That, let's discuss more interesting things the movie doesn't, isn't really intrigued about. I think that, I, th- I think that, uh, geez, I don't know how to answer that question. Yeah, because... I mean, <laughs> vigilante justice isn't always the way to go, but I mean, I don't think the Sawyers are coming clean. Because when is this movie set? Because it's so Right unfair. after the first movie, 74. 74, yeah. 74. That's right. Yeah, same year as that. Yeah. So. But they're in the future. Desario's in the future. Yeah, and that would have been 2013. Yeah. And we'll get, we'll get into that in a second. We'll get into that in a second. But I mean, I don't think this, because the whole movie kind of turns on this idea that these guys are murderers. And yes, they did murder the Sawyers, but the Sawyers were murderers too. They were murderers first. They killed a ton of people and they ate them. You can't trust these people. It's kind of like Bonnie and Clyde. Like you see the old car and it's covered in bullets because the cops just pulled up and started firing because they knew who they were and what they were going to do. It's kind of a similar thing. You can make the same argument for the Friday the 13th, or I'm sorry. For um, Jason, mm-hmm. I'm not Jason, Freddy. Freddy Krueger. Freddy Krueger. Freddy Krueger. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, at, at least you didn't go like all the way down the Pantheon. Pinhead, I mean. <laughs> Freddy Krueger. Ghostface, damn it. Because he is supposedly a child molester in some movies yeah. and other movies he just kills children. Yeah. Or both. Yeah, I, I, I prefer to think it's both. Yeah, so what do you think about those parents? I mean, I think they were pretty justified, you know, <laughs> to, so be, to be, to be per- perfectly honest. Wouldn't the townspeople be justified in this I, I, Yeah, it's, it's why I, I sort of agree. This is a weird thing to sort of talk about, but I mean, if I'm being perfectly honest, like, like it's a dangerous thing just having them out there. Yeah. And you just can't send the police out there. You're going to need extra people because they're killers. They'll, they probably have traps out there. You know, I mean, burning them in that house is probably the safest option for everybody trying to apprehend them and stop their wave of murders because clearly it wasn't the first pulling over sally and her friends wasn't the first time they did that mm-hmm. i mean they'd been doing it for a while there's lots of bones in there so i mean they had it's <laughs> it's a weird thing for you to say out loud but they had to be put down that's the long and the short of it yeah and, and i think later on this movie is going to try it's going to try to take like a face turn and we'll get into it later but like everything depends on the fact that we think these people were out of line for not giving the Sawyers the trial that they deserved. Did they deserve a trial? I mean, yeah, probably. But, I mean, Leatherface probably going to kill people in prison, right? Yeah. I mean, he's not going to stop killing. That's all he knows. Yeah. You know, the Sawyers probably going to try to eat people while they're in there. I, I Like, I, I understand there's a lot of nuance in the discussion. But for a small Texas town to handle a situation like that, this might have been the best way to go about it. Yeah, I'm pretty on the fence. Yeah, I mean, and you can be. But I, I just feel like if I had heard this situation, I'd be like, well, you do what you got to do. You know, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be like, well, I mean, that's unfortunate, man. But I mean, I can see your perspective on it. So I did want to mention that about this sequence because I think we're we're supposed to look at it as both sides are are, are crazy. And and yes, you you should not form a posse and do vigilante justice. But most of the time, you're not going to run into bloodthirsty cannibals mm-hmm. in your in your town. So, but yeah, so we get the whole flashback sequence, and basically, it just it, this is where Gunnar Hansen comes into play. By the way. Uh, we do see him as a member of the Sawyer. Same thing for Bill Mosley returning his chop top. You've never seen part two, so you have no idea what I'm talking about. Yeah, I saw that a lot in the notes and yeah. stuff online. Yeah. And I just was like, had I no idea. Chop top. Yeah, because we, we went to that horror convention and we met Bill Mosley. Remember? And you looked at me like, 
is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, because he's in your blind spot completely because mm-hmm. he's in the Rob Zombie movies. I haven't seen a lot of these Texas Chainsaw movies. I've only seen the first one. It's the role he's famous for, but he's also in, in uh, The Devil's Rejects. We got a Molotov cocktail that's thrown and the shooting starts. Yeah, and that sets the house ablaze. Mm-hmm. And so I, I got up for like one second to go in the kitchen. And I came back and I asked you, did Leatherface escape? And you were like, I, I don't know. Yeah. Because I'm like, well, clearly we need him for more movie. So I was like, was there a shot where he escaped? No. But what we do find in the house is a bunch of dead Sawyers and a baby covered. Yeah. Uh, with a little gas mask on or something like that. And this will eventually grow up to be Alexander Daddario. Mm-hmm. As we cut away, she's taken by some of the somebody there and put it for adoption. She's found outside with her mother. Yeah. Clutching her. Under, underneath all those, where all those vehicles are that are covered. Yeah. That's where she is. And then the, one of the guys comes in and kicks her in the face and, like, I guess kills her. Remember? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. This sets up everything we pretty much need to know about this movie, where the continuity is now different, where this movie's going a new way. Kind of like a requel. So we teleport ourselves into the future, which is the modern day of when the movie was made, 2013. Mm-hmm. So did, did you write down... How many years that is from 2013 to 1974? He was like 39. 39 years, yeah. yeah. Now, Alexandra Daddario would be that baby. Does she look 39 years old? No. Yeah. 10 years later, I, don't, I think she's 38 today or 37. So she's, she's not even 39 today, <laughs> 10 years after that movie was made. So th- it is one of the, the strange things that is kind of in this movie, like its inability to do math. Yeah. And I just want to mention that right off the gate because- we see Heather, she's a sawyer. So what job does she pick? She's a butcher. You spotted uh, Alexander Daddario's as, as the baby the guys took from the sawyers like right away. Yeah, yeah. That's not like a twist to you. That ha- that that was pretty evident. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I believe it's a match cut, right? They show a shot of the yeah. baby and then they cut to Daddario. So that's a pretty, and usually that tells you that's who that person is. Some movies do a cheat and we'll get into that in a little bit. <laughs> we'll get into that in the next movie. But this movie, it's not really like something you're supposed to be surprised by. Because she gets a letter pretty quickly. She has an inheritance from a relative she doesn't know. Mm-hmm. And she finds out that she has uh, an Aunt Verna. Uh, and she has left her her estate. They're all basically stealing from each other. They all hit a guy and then they take on a passenger. Yeah, yeah. They do uh, pick up, as is par for the course of the series, you got a hitchhiker. Yeah. you got, got to always have a hitchhiker. And this is Daryl, right? I think so. Yeah, this is uh, Daryl. And so they pick him up. He's another handsome fellow. They're all pretty, pretty people. And by of the way, course. just just to elaborate, uh, this is um, Heather, Ryan, uh, Nikki, and Kenny. Kenny is Nikki's boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And Heather and Ryan are dating as well. I just want to make that clear because, the, 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 I mean, it does come into play later. Yeah. <laughs> it does. It doesn't matter that much, but I just want to be clear with the people listening. So they take off to the house mm-hmm. to try to, to get this. The hitchhiker's cool. There's no weird shit that goes down. Nobody pulls a gun out of their pussy and shoots themselves or cuts somebody in a wheelchair. All able-bodied again, by the way. So they get to the house and they meet the lawyer. And the lawyer is the one who uh, lets them out of the property. And what's the one key takeaway the lawyer tells Heather over and over and over again? He says, read Verna's letter. Please, whatever you do, read Verna's letter. It explains Everything. Mm-hmm. And what does Heather do? She doesn't read the goddamn letter to the final shots of the movie. <laughs> so she, this is the only thing she was ever told, and she doesn't do it, which lets you know what kind of he- character Heather really is. They completely ignore that. They go in the house. They're, like, wowed by the extravagance of it, right? Yeah. Because it's a nice setup, right? Yeah, it's, it's set up similar to the original it has a really nice look to it, and it's a pretty, you can tell there's really not, a lot of nice stuff in the house. And so there's having a good time, right? Mm-hmm. And having a few drinks, and eventually, like, they have to split to get to the store to go get all the supplies they're going to need to party for the rest of the weekend. And so they leave behind the least trustworthy person in their pack, right? Mm-hmm. The guy they just met, like, an hour ago. Yeah. Daryl stays behind, right? Yeah. How's that turn out for Daryl? He ends up stealing from all of them. Yeah. He fucking robs them blind. I remember watching it like, what? No, no, you don't leave that guy. You don't know that guy. <laughs> Take him to the store. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. Leave Daryl behind. Leave anybody behind. But this is how it goes. He he ransacks the house. I mean, really does. He's going through it, like getting everything of value. If he had more time, I'm pretty sure he'd have ripped copper wiring out of the walls. Yeah. Uh, he heads into the basement. Which is always a terrible idea in a horror movie. 
Absolutely. He gets caught by Leatherface, who knocks him in the head with a hammer. Leatherface gets his first victim of the film in a fairly underwhelming kill. He gets him with a hammer, and this is a death we've seen a lot. It's not great. Yeah, and I still don't know how he survived. Yeah, yeah, so. I, I, I don't know how he survived. I wish there was a scene showing you, like, he went out a window or something. Yeah. But there's not. So, the, the hitchhiker is now dealt with, and everybody comes back. I know there's a scene when they're at the supermarket, <laughs> but I, it's of so little consequence. Yeah. Heather finds Leatherface. She's brought to his basement of blood, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Leatherface then goes after Nikki. Yeah, that's right. There is uh, another chase. And obviously we're going to get a lot of. Um, lots of chases. Yeah, lots of chainsaw chases in, in this movie. So as the action sort of picks up in the movie, Nikki is with Ryan, correct? I think that's his name. Yeah, she's with Ryan, and this is like an affair, right? Yeah. She's pursuing one. And Ryan barely puts up a fight, right? Oh, of course. Yeah, he barely puts up a fight. And so Leatherface is pursuing them, and we get one of the best slash cheesy lines in the movie, Mm -hmm. is Leatherface is sawing through the barn door, trying to get in, and Nikki goes and grabs a shotgun, and she goes, welcome to Texas, motherfucker, and fires the gun right at him. The thing about it is, it's, it's not done poorly by the actress. It's a shit line. Yeah, it's a shit line like fucking Florence Pugh couldn't help that line out. But it, it does give the movie a little bit of character and it made me smile at least. So it was something. And it's another one of the 3D shots because she shoots right into the camera. Yeah. So and it, it it's not gratuitous, though. You would normally that's a normal shot you would see mm-hmm. in a regular film. It's not out of the ordinary. And I, I mean, I kind of like that. It's an excuse for her to get not naked, which I thought was strange because it's like supposed to be like a titillating scene. I'm like, she's only in her underwear. <laughs> so, uh, you know, the, the movie's really toothless in, in that way. There's not yeah. any nudity. And we'll, we'll talk about that later, too. There's not any nudity. And the, the gore is, is fine at best. It was really hard for me to stay involved in, in this movie. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 I mean, it really is. It really is. I had a hard time paying attention to it and even keeping with my notes. Yeah. It just, it's just a shit movie. It, it's a hard time keeping your attention. The characters aren't very good. I mean, the story isn't very good. Yeah. How it's shot is very generic and boring, bland. Yeah, yeah. Um, it doesn't have a good soundtrack. No. Like, I could go on. Clearly. Yeah, no, it's not a fantastic movie at all. I mean, to say, and it's not even the worst movie we have this week. I know. Yeah, it's not even the, the worst movie we this have. This was a really tough week. This was. This was a, a rougher week to, to really break these down. So Heather comes out of the house. She gets the van started, and she drives around. And she's able to pick up Nikki and Ryan. Yeah. And they think they're going to get away. And they, do they ram the gate? They end up wrecking the van. Yeah, because yeah. they, they, they tried to ram the gate. That's right, because it's like, no, 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 just wait for the gate to open. So they ram this iron gate, and they just bounce off of it. Yeah. So the gate opens, and they're puttering out. And Leatherface comes in and slashes their tire. And they eventually have a huge crash. This takes the vehicle off the road. Ryan is killed instantly. Nikki is wounded. And Heather's fine. Heather's mostly all right. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's, 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 it's out of a comedy. Yeah, uh, Nikki's about to get sawed, and Heather saves her by distracting Leatherface, and this involves another chainsaw chase, which is not incredibly well shot. But through a county fair. Yeah, they run through the woods, and they get to the county fair. So that is kind of interesting imagery, and I was like, okay, this is neat, I guess, you know, to take Leatherface into someplace public like that. I was like, okay, wh- what are we going to do here? Not much. That's what we're going to do. Yeah, because she she has the worst idea for a final girl ever. She goes up a Ferris wheel, (laughs) but she doesn't get on the Ferris wheel. She hangs off of one of the carts on the Ferris wheel. She's just on that thing and it goes up and I'm like, Heather, it comes back down (laughs) where the guy with the chainsaw is. There's no way to stop that process of all the rides you could have picked. That was the worst one that you could have selected. So Leatherface is like sawing at all the stuff underneath it. And he's shot. uh, He's fired at and runs away. A police officer finally shows up. Yeah. I I think that's uh, Scott Eastwood, uh, Carl. Sure. I mean, uh, Deputy Carl. And then we have a bad 3D shot with a chainsaw. Yeah, because he throws the chainsaw at them Mm -hmm. and it flies right into the camera at us. And pretty much until the very end of the movie, Leatherface does not have his chainsaw. Yeah. 
Which is an odd. It's I, a little bit weird later to see Leatherface doing like non chainsaw kills. Yeah. Yeah. Well, non chainsaw or hammer kills. This movie isn't really keeping with the. Yeah. So it, it, it listen. It's another thing on the pile. He's got a chainsaw, but I guess that's all we need. The police come out of the van to find no one. Scott Eastwood is a police officer, which we already established. What do you think about Leatherface's design? The red shirt never really. I never really liked that look. I think the mask is fine. The chainsaw looks good. The way he plays the part, I think, is solid too. I, mm-hmm. I like. I, I don't really have an issue with with him as Leatherface. Honestly, I, I I don't. That's not my problem. I think the design is okay. I think the design in the original remake was better because he was a huge hulking beast, and this not is not the kind of guy he is this time. But Gunnar Hansen was a big fan of this guy's performance. So, huh. yeah, since Gunnar Gunnar is in the movie, he he did have a lot of nice things to say about him. Not a lot of nice things to say about the guy from the other movie. Well, we talked yeah. about that last week. Yeah, because they, 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 they had a blood feud. They had a blood feud. So the police station. Yes. Yeah. She gets taken back there. And when she's in the police station there. Okay. <laughs> this fucking movie. So they send a police officer to go and inspect the house. Right. Mm-hmm. He's heading there. And, and this whole time, what do they do with this? This woman, they leave Heather by herself with a box full of convenient evidence. Yeah. And she opens this box of convenient evidence while this police officer is going through the house. And she finds everything that we saw in the intro. And she discovers that she is indeed related to Leatherface, uh, Jed, right? Jed Sawyer? Yeah, Jedediah. Jedediah Sawyer. <clears throat> and everybody and everybody that she's talking to are corrupt and they're, they're murderers and everything like that. And so you might ask, how does she take this news? She writes murderers on like one of the picture in like the most like dramatic way possible. Yeah. And she bolts out of there. He's trying to be real, real goth about it. That's right. Meanwhile, we have Sheriff Hooper and Hartman. They are watching their deputy walk through Vera's mansion on a goddamn cell phone. He's like FaceTiming as he's walking through the house, right? Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. As it was going on, I'm like, what? No, this doesn't make any sense. This didn't make any sense in 2013. It makes, doesn't make any sense now. Like, you would want to be focused on the giant maniac with the chainsaw. He's having to run camera while he's doing all that. Yeah, I wouldn't want to run camera while I was doing that. That's why, that's why you use the GoPro. But no, he's doing this entire thing. And he, he can't go- even see where he's going. No, he, he goes through the house. And I, I love this. He hears something from the freezer. He opens it up. Nikki pops out like a fucking Halloween decoration, right? With her arms up. And he shoots her right between the eyes. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> what a great policeman. Yeah, I was like, wow, great work, buddy. You get to see the Toby, uh, not Toby Hooper, yeah, Sheriff Hooper and Hartman reacting to all this. He runs out of there and <laughs> like a maniac because he killed somebody. And he eventually is uh, killed by Leatherface as well, right? When he drops the phone. Yeah. <laughs> he gets, he gets, he, uh, he gets an axe death, right? Mm-hmm. Like an axe death, yeah. I, I don't know if there's been other axe deaths in the series. I'm 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 not 100 familiar, and I wasn't keeping. It's right. ridiculous. It's mostly chainsaws and hammers. I mean, it, it's kind of weird, but you know, it, it's not a particularly poor death. But none of the the kills in this movie are really interesting. There's a scene where you watch Leatherface saw uh, sew uh, the mask to his face. Yeah. You finally get him to put on the mask and yeah, do all that jazz. He does have a different mask for the finale, which I think looks better. Which I think looks better. Yeah, he perfects the mask. Yeah, I think it looks better. So. Yeah. And then uh, Heather meets the lawyer who gave her the place she inherited. That's right. Uh, she meets with him. And, and the first thing he's like, did you read that goddamn letter? <laughs> that was yeah. the one thing I told you to do. So he has to recap her on the entire plot. We already know Leatherface in the basement. That's where he lives, I guess. And Vera's been, um, Verna, pardon me. Verna's been taking care of him. And that's it, I guess. I don't know what kind of arrangement that is. I don't want to know. But the movie doesn't really care about that. It's just like they just Leatherface was in a box, basically, mm-hmm. waiting to be reactivated. So he lets her know all that, and the sheriff and everything comes for her. And I, he tries to slow him down, but he just like, get the fuck out of the way. And they pursue Heather, and uh, they're able to, to capture Heather, right? Yeah. She gets hit by a car. She does, that's In the right. most hilarious way. Yeah. She's she, like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> so they take her and they capture her, and then they, they tell the other like sheriff on the radio, right? Oh, I'm sorry, we forgot about... The, uh, Carl's betrayal, right? Yeah, the dirty cop. Yeah, she's running away from those guys, and that's how they catch her, right? She finds Carl, and she's like, I can trust you. The, the sheriff's after me. They're going to kill me. And he is revealed to be Hartman's son. 
So when he puts her in the back, they say on the radio where they're going to take her. They're going to take her to the old uh, meatpacking plant, right? Mm-hmm. And fucking, it, this is absurd. Leatherface walks outside as this plot info is being revealed on the radio and fucking leans in and like, hmm, interesting. <laughs> he doesn't say anything, but like, that's the inflection. Like the actor's like, hmm, I will use this info. It just, I was like, wow. I was like, that's the laziest way you could have said, okay, how do we get Leatherface to the third act? Or like, well, he just hears it over the radio. I, I fucking hated it, and it, 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 it's such a weird thing in this movie. They set him up to be the face. Yeah, and that, that's, that's the strange thing that's happening here, is these guys are after Heather. They're going to kill her. Now, Leatherface is going there to kill her as well, but he is going to be the lesser of two evils here, as he is going to go there and, and, and make his turn. They string her up when they take her to the meatpacking plant. It's Hartman and, and another uh, character. They're both there. And they tear open her shirt, which was completely unnecessary. Yeah. For two reasons. One, obviously it's unnecessary to do that. You don't reason to rip her shirt open. Two, they just double-sided, like, I don't even know they taped. They probably glued that thing in there. Yeah, I don't know. Because, like, it, that shirt does not move off her breasts at all. Mm-mm. Like, it's not stuck on them. Yeah, you can only see side boob. And apparently, like, Daddario had said, like, well, you know, wouldn't it just be more natural if it just, like, the shirt just kind of moves around and she didn't have a problem, like not necessarily going topless, but you know, if her, if her, if her boobs popped out in that and the director insisted that she'd be covered. That's so weird. Yeah. And it, it like, I feel like I'm being pervy by saying it, but like, it just, it even seems ever stranger that they did it that way. Let those girls out. Yeah. That they did it that way. Or if you didn't want her to be nude for that, just leave the shirt on. You didn't have to rip it open. Like that was the easiest decision to make there. And they, they just completely avoid it. Mm-hmm. So they're said they're going to leave Leatherface to finish her off, and Leatherface comes in, and Leatherface, you know, he's right about to cut her, and then of course the one thing from seeing her cleavage is that he can see the birthmark that they share, all the Sawyer share. Yeah, he touches it. Yeah, and he really—it's actually kind of a nicer scene, you know. I—I I, I didn't hate that. Like, I don't hate a lot of this section. I hate some of it, but not all of it. Like, I'm, I'm okay with a leather face face turn. It doesn't necessarily bother me. Like, I don't mind Godzilla being a face in a lot of the movies. So it's kind of the same thing. Like, I've always told you about that. They should have done that with Jason a while ago. That would have made it interesting if you'd have somehow made him a good guy, you know, have to take on something more evil. You know, Freddy vs. Jason kind of pulls that off a little bit. But anyway, he sees that. He cuts her down, finds out that they're cousins, and he goes into battle with Hartman and I think Ollie or Illy. I forget the other guy's name. It doesn't matter. They're doing a battle, and these two guys just get the drop on Leatherface, right? They start beating him down with their- They their, place a chain around his neck. Yeah, they, yeah they, they beat him down with some bats, and then they, yeah, they- They attach it to a combine, and the combine's turning, and- A very bad digital combine. Yeah. <laughs> it is turning. And they're, they're sending him into it. Heather runs out, and she realizes that she can't leave her cousin behind. So she gets the chainsaw and goes back in there. She kills Ollie, stops the thing from running, frees Leatherface, and gives him the chainsaw and gives the worst line reading ever to a terrible line. Do your thing, cuz. <laughs> like, I almost felt bad. Like, I did. I felt like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry somebody gave that to you to read as an actor. She didn't want to say that line. Oh, really? I, I can't imagine why. She felt that the line was too silly. Producers convinced her to say it by telling her the film itself meant to, was meant to be silly. She never saw the original, poor thing. <sighs> I mean, it is. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's not a great line. It, the, the movie isn't that kind of cheese to really get away with it. You know, and, it, and it's, not like, it's not like some motherfucker's always trying to ice skate uphill where it's just like, what? <laughs> but it's just, it's just bad. It's poorly done. It's poorly delivered. It's awful. And it's par for the course for the film. He's able to get the drop on Hartman with the chainsaw. And yeah, you see a lot of violence off screen. Yeah, a lot of off screen violence. Uh, Sheriff uh, Hooper shows up again, and Sheriff Hooper just allows Leatherface to kill Hartman, <laughs> which I like. I was like, okay, sure, whatever. The full face turn has happened. I'm fine with it. So he goes into the, into the, the, the blades. Yep. In a truly awful effect. Yeah. I mean, awful looking effect. I mean, it, it's like a, 
I mean, it really is like a, a bad like PS3 game kind of look, looking effect. It just doesn't really work at all. It's pretty bad for the final kill of the movie. And then that, and that's pretty much it. Hooper lets them get away and they go back to the house and they have, I guess, a little bit of a, a moment together. She finally reads the fucking letter, which tells her everything. And we get a nice cameo from Marilyn Burns. Mm-hmm. And it was good to see her one more time. I think she would pass away later in the same year this movie was released. So it would be her final performance, I do believe. And that's pretty much the end of the movie. She chooses to to continue to see Leatherface, to continue to take care of Leatherface. See him like they're dating. Yeah, <laughs> they, they kind of try to set up a sequel. Yeah, they do. The movie does set up that there's going to be more things coming along. And uh, we do have two final kills in the movie, or at least I think we do. Uh, after the credits roll, we have a post-credit sequence. Heather's uh, crappy foster parents come to try to get some of the money. They knock on the door and Leatherface opens it and, and revs the chainsaw and it cuts to black. Yeah. And that, that ends the movie. And uh, it's lousy. It's lousy. Mm-hmm. It's lousy. And it's the best film of the week. Oh my God. I can't believe you just said that. It's true though. Yeah, no, it's the, it's the best film of the week. I know a lot of people hate the face turn. I, I said before, it doesn't necessarily bother me if you did something fun with it, but they don't really do anything with it. There's no follow up to it. We don't get another uh, installment in this. Actually, technically the next movie is in this same timeline. But, you know, no, nothing really has followed up since it's a prequel. So nothing in this movie really matters. The Daria wasn't very good. You know, it's, I mean, it's bad kills, a stupid story, lousy cinematography. There's nothing to really recommend in this movie. No. There's nothing to really recommend other than it is like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre film. It has a lot of the tropes that you would find in them. So if you enjoy those kinds of movies, you would find something to maybe appreciate here. Maybe. Mm-hmm. But that's about it. But that's about it. Uh, I have a few, a little bit of trivia here for you. John Dugan, who played Grandpa in the original movie, reprises his role in the opening scene of this movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, because that's right. He was, uh, he was just a kid in the, in the original film. He was like, what, 19 or 18 years mm-hmm. old? Yeah, they just, the old man makeup on him. That's why it looks so terrible. <laughs> but it, it works. In the, yeah, it works for the kind of movie it is. Originally, there was a plan for a trilogy. Films would be released out of order with the second film coming out first and being set almost entirely in a hospital. The next film would be a prequel explaining the events that led up to the hospital scenario. The third film would be complete. The storyline, fearing this was too ambitious and risky, producers offered a follow-up to the original. And that's what they went with. Well, I mean, it makes sense that that's what they would really choose to do. And that's literally it. There wasn't much information. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all, all that I, I, I know here is that we're just trying to basically the second Texas Chainsaw Massacre of the reboot f- series that didn't do as well. So they tried this and it did a little bit better. And so in 2017, they followed it up. Now, initially, they did want to make a direct sequel to this movie, but basically a ton of poor management and poor leadership decisions led to what happened in the, fo- in the following movie. They were unable to decide on where they wanted to go with the franchise from this point, and they didn't want to ruin anything in the continuity. So they played it ultra safe, and they went back in time and did a prequel. Yeah. They did a prequel. And, and this is pretty much it. Which, <sighs> which could have been interesting. Yeah, I think there's a lot of interesting things you can do with the character. And I, I made this complaint earlier. We talked about Freddy. There's a backstory. Yeah. Interesting to explore that. Mm-hmm. There's something there. He became a dream demon after getting basically vengeance put on him by the parents and stuff like that. And he got out of jail on a technicality, you know? So I think that's an interesting story. I think you could make a really solid prequel film out of the events of that. You really could like Jason. I mean, they're going to make a prequel series out of that. Like, you know, you have a, a, a cha- mentally challenged boy who drowns in a lake. Cause people are, you know, people are negligent, you know? And you know, there's a story that you can really follow up on that. Michael Myers, we know about everything with him, you know, I mean, my, you know, Rob zombie explored a little bit more of that. Leatherface doesn't have any of that. Mm-hmm. There's nothing to his old lore. I mean, he just is a member of a crazy family of cannibals. That's it, right? Mm-hmm. There's really so nothing. You have fruitful ground there. Yeah. I mean, you can do a lot with that. And this movie doesn't do any of those things that I think could be interesting. It tells a very strange story, and it doesn't amount to a whole lot at the end of the day. There are a few positives, and we'll get to them. But as always... In the year of our Lord 2017, we were given the film Leatherface, and that stars Jessica Madsen as Clarice, James Bloor as Ike, Finn Jones as Deputy Sorrels, Chris Adamson as Dr. Lang, Sam Strike as, well, as Jackson, uh, Jed Sawyer, and Leatherface, 
Vanessa Grass as Lizzie White, Lily Taylor, the wonderful Lily Taylor as Verna Sawyer, and a very fun performance from Mr. Stephen Dorff as Sheriff Hal Hartman. Yeah. You trying to make his crash? You want me to stop? What is it? I don't know. What? <gasps> okay, now, make a wish. So they made this movie basically so they wouldn't lose the rights. That was one of the main reasons they needed to pump something out the door. And a fun fact about this movie, they even failed to achieve that goal. Really? They released the movie too late. So they lost the rights, and that's how we got the Netflix movie a couple of years, yeah, last year. I thought this movie came out the same time it was released. It came out in 2017. They needed to release it in 2016. I thought, but I mean, I, I thought it came out in the theaters the same time it was released on video. This one, I, I don't know about that. I don't know. Oh. I, this was before they would have done it. Back in 2017, that was unheard of. Oh, okay. And it, but it is possible, and you could, uh, you might feel that from the gross. I believe this was a nine million dollar budget. With a $1.5 million gross overall. Yeah. This movie did not get a proper release. It did hit theaters in America on 10 20 uh, 17, so that's a little bit before Halloween. And even with that, it did not get anywhere. I only heard about the film months after it came out from bad reviews and YouTube videos like poking fun at how shit it was. So I, I, I didn't know much about this thing re really coming in. Yeah, I didn't either. This was the first time I saw it, and I was unimpressed, <laughs> to say the least. <sighs> so how do we open? We begin with Leatherface's birthday as a kid. Yes. They are all wishing him happy birthday. He blows out his candles. And then they start trying to kill a guy. They put a chainsaw in his little hands and they want him to kill this guy. Yeah. And he, he can't do it. He can't do it. He can't do it. They, he cuts his leg. Yeah, but. cuts the guy up a little bit. Hurts his leg. But he leaves him alive. And Verna lets him know that he's, she's very disappointed in him. Mm -hmm. and he let down the entire family. And Grandpa comes to do what he does best. He's the best killer, and he just whoosh, whacks him with the hammer, kills the guy, and that ends our opening scene, our cold open of the movie. Mm -hmm. This isn't a terrible scene, if, I, if I'm honest. I think, like, I'm okay with where this could have gone from here. This isn't a bad idea, necessarily, because it is shot like a normal birthday for a good couple of minutes, and then you get the reveal of someone tied up because he, I, they think he was trying to steal their pigs. So this is a, a nice setup for the movie, and then... Pretty much from here, everything is on its way down. Yeah, we're, we go, we're set in the 50s, obviously. Yes. We go to two teenagers that come across a boy with a cow's head on it. I thought it was a pig's head. Was it a cow's head? I think it's a cow's head. Oh, it's a cow's head? Okay. Yeah. Either way, it's a farm animal of some kind. Yeah. So it's, he has a cow's head, and he's like crouched in the road, and so they avoid him, and, and when they do, he stands up, which freaks uh, Betty out. Uh, she's the girl in there. I, I don't know what the boy's name is. She's, uh, she's, and that's Betty Hartman, by the way, and I'll come into play in a sec. So she chases Leatherface or Jed, I guess, <laughs> pardon me. She chases Jed trying to see if he needs help. And he is actively calling like, follow me, right? Mm -hmm. it's like, he is. I need help. And yeah. Stuff like that. So she follows him into the barn where she falls into a trap. Yeah. And she, thing. yeah, she has an engine dropped on her head. Betty is killed right there by the Sawyers in that pit. And this summons the law. Mm -hmm. And the law is Sheriff Hartman. And yes, that is a relative of the Hartman who was in the last movie. That's his dad. So this movie is connected pr pretty heavily to that. Verna, who was played by Madeline in the last movie, that, that's Lily Taylor's character. That's the same one. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, the, these characters are connected. So th this is a direct sequel to that movie. But like I said, it attempts to reboot the whole franchise at the beginning. And basically the sheriff's there and he he threatens to take care take all the Sawyer kids away. Yeah, because he can't really do anything because they can't find the body. Mm -hmm. So he wants to kill them, but uh, he can't do that. So he takes the kids away, and that pretty much begins our film. They're taken away to orphanages or uh, asylums, which is where we come back in. Yep, 10 years later. 10 years later, we get introduced to... Uh, what's the name of the asylum? Did you catch that? No. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't... <laughs> it's not important. Yeah, it's not we come into a girl trying to force another girl to swallow a live mouse. That's uh, okay. <laughs> that's Clarice, right? Yeah, that's Clarice, our pyro, who's actually I think one of the movie's more interesting characters. I guess the performances in this flicker okay. That's I guess the best thing I can say. 
So yeah, we, we open with that and that kind of sets the tone for what we have here. Cause what we kind of have is a character drama inside of a mental asylum for basically like the first act. Yeah. Until we, we get a, a prison break later. You meet the nurse. We, we meet the nurse who is played by, um, that's Vanessa Grass, who as far as I could tell, didn't do anything else but this. She plays Lizzie and she gets to strike up a little friendship with Jackson. Mm-hmm. They have some chemistry, right? Yeah, There's I would some agree. some successful flirting between the two, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, I, I think, it, and I mean, this doesn't, this isn't bad. Like at least like set some things up. I was certainly willing to give the movie some leeway here. So we get these characters and then Verna comes back. She is no longer a Sawyer. She's a Clark now, right? I don't think it's the name, quite the name. Yeah, I, I think I'm off. I think I'm off. I just wrote down Verna. I did not write down her last yeah, name. Yeah, I, I wrote know. down Verna. Verna I just like that name, Verna. Yeah, but she, she, she remarried. So she now has money, power, and influence. And so she was able to get an attorney to say she needs her kids back. And the Dr. Lang, who runs the asylum, basically throws more red tape in her face and tells her to fuck off. Mm-hmm. And she ends up forcing her way in. Yeah. To see her, her, her baby boy, Leatherface. Yeah. Not only do you meet the nurse and Jackson, but you also meet a character called Bud. Bud, that's right. And he's our foil. Yeah, he is. Let's, let's, um, we need to cover the movie, but yeah, he, he is our foil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he is the person who looks the most like he is going to grow into Leatherface mm-hmm. for a very obvious reason. So we, we, we meet him. And I mean, you could tell from when I announced the, the cast here that this, this whole movie is wasted because it, it, they love this twist. Yes. And so instead of like getting to know these characters and like seeing like the madness that can brew or anything like that, the movie's built on a twist. So the guy who acts like Leatherface is not actually Leatherface. Yeah. He's just a guy. And the guy who doesn't act anything like the character that we know from all these other movies is actually Leatherface. Yeah. This movie isn't good, and it just, like, kicks a chair out from underneath it when we get that twist later on. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Because it's completely pointless. Mm-hmm. Completely pointless. I mean, we'll talk about it more when we get there, but we need to mention it now. And, I mean, let's not bullshit anybody, because we'll talk about it as we go through this yeah. motherfucker. That, like, this whole thing is very much built that you think this guy is Leatherface, because we don't know who anybody really is. He, Bud is taken, basically taken into... A part of the facility where they're giving him electrical shocks, and he ends up beating beating his torturer's head in with his fists. So there's more of that signaling that he's yeah. He does a lot of Leatherface style stuff in this movie, yeah. and it's 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 just a bigger cheat than it really is. I I love a good twist, and this is anything but that. So he does more acting like Leatherface, and then, and then all the insane people escape. Yeah, we have a big riot, and there's a okay. guy. There's a guy who's about to, I think he's about to rave Lizzie, and she's saved by Jackson. Yeah. Yeah, she's saved by Jackson, just brutally beats a guy to death. But I mean, like, it's framed in a way where you're supposed to be like, oh, that's okay. He saved her. You know, he, had, he has to kill this guy because he's gonna, not going to stop. It's yeah. a fight to the death. And, 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 and it is framed that way, and I sort of agree with that logic. I know we talked about earlier. I'm willing to kill anybody for vengeance, basically. But <laughs> in this situation, like, you, it's not framed as a real negative thing. Also, I do want to mention that I think Ike at one point is like face fucking Clarice, right? Yeah. Yeah. Is it like, and I mean, they're not like a blowjob. I mean, he's like straight up giving it to her. Yeah. Yeah. And I just like, what is going on in this movie? So they, they make their escape. They get out of the building. It is Lizzie and we have Jackson, we have Bud and they come out and they're in headlights immediately and out pops Ike and Clarice. Yeah. They, they have this brilliant idea to uh, go to Mexico after escaping the mental facility. Yes. <clears throat> so they get and in, they take hostages they take they take them hostage lizzie is valuable to them and I, I don't know why they bring the other two but it is what it is i guess we need the plot so we need the plot to keep moving forward and so they end up leaving from there oh by the way i did want to mention a uh, bud brutally destroys what's his face the when he destroyed the dean um i got to watch a real fun behind the scenes video about that mm-hmm. and not the dean the doctor if i put him in college i'm not bad <laughs> the, the dr lang it's actually like a life-size dummy that they built and like that, he really was like banging that thing right into there. It's that's, you know, they, they never had the actor do e- even anything in that scene. It's all just that dummy. Yeah. It's the, the, the glass made of freaking steel. Yeah. Yeah. And he's beating him right against that. And I just love it's just such a funny looking thing from the behind the scenes camera angle. Mm-hmm. It's probably one of the, probably the only time I enjoyed this movie and it was behind the scenes crap about it. It wasn't actually anything about the kill, but it's probably the film's most satisfying kill. But anyway, they move on from the facility. 
Yeah, and they end up at a diner where things quickly divulge into a killing spree. Yeah, this is like natural born killers, basically. Yeah, they're all just on the run, wreaking havoc. Just Bud has to wait outside for reasons. I mean, literally, they just say, like, they might spot him. I'm like, well, they might spot you, too. There's just, there's just no substance to this movie. Yeah, so, the, yeah, and that's all it is. They, they go in there, they try to play it cool for a few minutes, and then Ike and Clarice just go insane and, and murder a bunch of people. They kill a guy in cold blood. I think one person sur- uh, survives the whole thing. Mm-hmm. He shoots Bud as yeah. they leave. And he survives. He, yeah, I Bud's sh- fine. shot a ton. Yeah, actually, he shot quite a bit. But he's okay, because he's supposed to be Leatherface, apparently. Mm-hmm. Apparently. So they, everybody runs from here. They stumble onto a house in the middle of nowhere with a corpse in it. Mm-hmm. The corpse will come into play in a minute. <sighs> but yeah, everyone settles in. They try to patch up Leatherface. Lizzie's a nurse, so that comes into play. They fix her up. Lizzie and Jackson get a little bit closer in this time. Mm-hmm. They have a chance to chat. And Ike and Clarice are basically having like the nastiest sex scene ever, right? Yeah. Like a touch of like necrophilia cannibalism. She's like making out with the corpse. Yeah, she's making out with. Just to let us know, she's like the most depraved person in the world. Yeah, it's just not a good look. Yeah, yeah, it's gross more than anything. I did like that she's the, a, the corpse is kind of gross. Yeah, he's he's been there quite a bit. Yeah, I mean not like a long time, but he's been there at least a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. So he's he pretty ripe. I do like that she's a pyro, and like her chest is burned mm-hmm. from from the fire that she started. So that was a nice touch. One nice character touch. Basically, this leads to the girl nurse trying to escape, and she gets caught. Yeah, yeah. She does attempt uh, to try to get away one more time, and it mm-hmm. doesn't work out for her, sadly. Ike, I think is his name. Yes. Yeah, he's the evil guy. The evil bald guy. Yeah, he's the, the, the ringleader of these these guys. He gets taken out by Bud. Yeah, yeah. He gets on Bud's bad side, so Bud drags him outside and curb stomps him on a tree stump. Mm-hmm. And you don't really see a whole lot, but it, it's not an unsatisfying death or anything like that. It's, it's not bad. It's not bad. And but then, it's, it's more Leatherface stuff from this not Leatherface guy. Yeah. Eventually, the cops end up running across the Sawyers again. Mm-hmm. They, it seems like they killed the... <sighs> do they kill the, the girl or not? The crazy girl? Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do, right? Yeah, they, they shoot her a bunch of times, but yeah. she ends up like f- bouncing back a few times. Yeah. But uh, I guess she survives. Bud gets killed by a cop. Yeah, yeah. So we, 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 we didn't mention here, we have Sheriff Hartman. He is basically the other part of the action of the movie. And he is in a mad, psychotic pursuit of, of our convicts, of our heroes in this movie. And because he hates the Sawyer's office. Mm-hmm. So he wants to be sure that Jed is taken care of, and that's his main interest in this whole thing. So yes, he does kill Clarice. She makes a crack about his daughter, and he shoots her right point blank in the head when he finds the trailer. And this leads our other characters to take off, and they find another cop, right? And this is when Bud, like you said, he goes to attack him, and he is murdered. Yeah. Which at that point, we're both like, what? (laughs) Because it's not... It is very clearly shown when he attacks this deputy that Bud is shot in the temple through the head, mm-hmm. that he is dead, dead as could be. So at that point, like that, that was our reaction. We were like stupefied at that. And then immediately, like two seconds later, I was like, no, the other guy can't be Leatherface. That's stupid. Leatherface yeah. can't talk. Leatherface is not going to flirt with girls. Leatherface is not going to successfully run from the police like this. Leatherface can't foster normal relationships. That's how he's Leatherface. You can't shit on a character yeah. like that and have him do things he can't normally do. It's like in Freddy versus, not Freddy versus, uh, Jason goes to hell when Jason is in other people's bodies and he's talking. I'm like, Jason can't fucking talk. I don't care if the person could, it's still Jason in there. You can't betray a character in those sorts of ways and expect fans to just shovel up and go, mm, that's some tasty shit. That's not how it works. Mm-hmm. And, and because of that, I mean, the movie just like, ugh, like lets a big rush of air out of it. And there wasn't much in there to begin with. We get a chase scene here as we're beginning to digest this information. And it really sinks in as Hartman is chasing and shooting them. And Hartman hits Jackson in the side of the face and completely disfigures him. Like it cuts the side of his face wide open. Mm-hmm. He keeps shooting and he shoots uh, and he hits Lizzie. Vehicle goes off the road and he captures both of them. And at that point, like the second he got shot, I'm like, yeah, 
That's he's Leatherface, all right. Yeah. <laughs> the second that happened, like, well, that's that, that sealed that deal. So yeah, because obviously Bud was coming back to life, even though at this point I would accept it either one. Both are dumb. So we move on with this, and Hartman basically is now pure psychotic, right? Yeah. Like he's ready just to kill everybody and everything. Yeah, he's he's totally lost it. Yeah, that's right. Um, eventually we get an, another scene with Verna killing a guy via pig. Yeah, yeah. I, I always enjoy when you get to kill somebody via pig. <laughs> I like that in Hannibal. It's a really fucked up way to kill somebody. I think it's cool in the movie. So I, I dig that. Yeah, that's another thing I like. Verna sews Leatherface's face up. Yes. We get a scene yes, she where, she, where Jackson comes home. Yeah. So she does sew his face up and, um, oh, we, we, did we skip past the Hartman confrontation? Did we? Yeah, I think we did. Oh. Yeah, we skipped. I have bad notes then. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and that's all it is. Like Hartman basically just goes in there by himself to take on the Sawyers and they surround him. And they end up capturing him very easily, which I was like, well, that was your fucking plan. Mm-hmm. Why not just start shooting Sawyers and go out in a blaze of glory? Instead, he gets his ass captured. And that leads us back into the house where we do get Leatherface being patched up. And yeah. you do see, like you said, he gets he gets his cheeks stitched up and then he gets a muzzle put on to sort of hold his face together. Yeah. Yeah. And he is gifted the chainsaw. Which I think being sewed up is fine. Yeah. That's your, your face wasn't broken. Yeah. He didn't have a fracture of the skull. Yeah. He just was torn up in the face. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's going to say like, no, now he can't talk because of that. Yeah. I'm like, well, no, he can still talk. Yeah. It's not. He, he doesn't just, need a harness to keep yeah, his face yeah, together. Yeah. Yeah. The movie, the movie didn't show you that his jaw was completely destroyed. It showed a huge gash in the yeah. cheek. So yes, he would have trouble speaking, but you know, he could still be able to, to talk. It wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> it, like it wouldn't be that out of the, that crazy. So, yes, he's given the chainsaw, and he kills Hartman. Yeah. Yeah, he just guts Sheriff Hartman immediately. Lizzie's horrified and runs away. In a rare turn, runs out the front door. (laughs) She does not bust out a window at any point, which is another thing. Once again, this movie doesn't feel like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre film at all. Not It's a prison break movie. It's an on-the-run film. So, you know, we're getting a little bit of it here. And I do want to mention one thing before we leave here. I think that Sam Strike does a much better job in the very end of the movie. He he did a, he studied the original film a lot, and you can see it in his movement and his mannerisms and everything like that. He really does try to ape a lot of what Gunnar Hansen did in that part. Mm-hmm. He really morphs, you know, when he has the 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 harness. I mean, the muzzle on his face. He does a nice job. It's unearned, like I talked about before, but that doesn't mean I can't point out when an actor's doing really good work, and it's a good thing to try to get Gunnar Hansen's mannerisms down. And he really did a nice job doing that. So I appreciate that. That's one small aspect that helps at least the finale come together. He chases Lizzie out of the house and Lizzie sadly runs into the, the, the bear trap. Yeah. Yeah. She runs into a trap. She tries to reason her way out of it and it doesn't go so well for her. No. She kind of gets through to him a little bit and then he, she says something bad about his mother and she just chops his head off. Yeah. And he just chops her head off. We think she's going to be, she's going to survive everything. Yeah. But yeah. she just doesn't. But she has been a positive character, you know. She has been a positive character. She didn't do anything wrong. She just got, kid, she just got kidnapped, basically. And then he, uh, we, we close with him making a skin mask. Yeah, and that's it. He, he makes his first skin mask out of Lizzie. And he puts it on and he puts lipstick on himself. And he looks in the mirror and smashes it when he sees himself. And that's not a bad ending, honestly. But, you know, there's a couple of nice little moments here and there. A couple of nice performances. And that's really about it. This is real garbage. If you, if you love Leatherface and you yeah. love these movies, it shits on a lot of that. It's so bad. If you like horror movies, it's barely that. I mean, like I said, it's more of a crime movie, right? I don't know. But this next week we have, we better do something interesting. Yeah, we need to pick a movie that's going We're to We're going to lose our... Our audience. Yeah, it's going to be a lot better. It's something that's a little bit more entertaining. I just, uh, I, I just absolutely hate this movie. <laughs> Either way you slice it, the movie's just a real disaster. Yeah, I mean, it just is. Like, I mean, I wish I could tell you this a little bit more than a couple nice job, a couple nice performances by actors, but there really isn't. I mean, it's a garbage film, and it, it's just, it's just such a travesty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this hasn't been a well-respected franchise, and there's been some tough times, but this is the lowest of the low. This is worse than the one with Matthew McConaughey and Renee, Renee Zellweger, because at least, like, that's a guy trying to make a Texas Chainsaw movie. This isn't even that. Yeah. Yeah. It's not even close. Yeah, and that's the thing. If you really like this franchise, you'll be massively disappointed by this weird movie. 
This is worse than anything in the Friday the 13th franchise, worse than anything in the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. It's not worse than anything in the Hellraiser franchise. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen Hellraiser deader, so you guys don't have to. I have like literally three facts about this <laughs> movie. You mean there's not a lot of movie. facts? Probably the most interesting facts about the production being all fucked. The Sawyer House from 1974 was built for the filming of Leatherface. It was totally rebuilt. It looks okay. Toby Hooper's final film as producer. Yeah, he, yeah, he would pass away a few, a few years later. And it was shot in Bulgaria. Yes, yes. Uh, these movies are shot in the most Texan part of Bulgaria, I suppose. We get a lot of Bulgaria in, in these last couple of weeks here. I don't really care for it, but this movie is, uh, doesn't really look a lot like Texas. But, I mean, it's fairly convincing, at least. Fairly. It's not like in the other one where we get the sunflower seeds and like mountains in the background in, in the 2022 film. Sunflower seeds. I mean, the sunflower, <laughs> sunflower seeds. We get the sunflowers. Uh, Bunch of baseball players. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Leatherface 2017. I hate it. Do not recommend. Don't see either of these movies. Nope. Wouldn't recommend it to anybody. I know you were able to find some reviews. Did you go positive or negative this week? I don't know. I went positive. Oh, course. positive. Okay. I found 10 star reviews. All right. Let's hear. I, I want to hear how people felt about these movies who absolutely love them. All right. Before we do that, Texas Chainsaw 3D, 3.1 user review, 19% Rotten Tomatoes, 4.8 on IMDb. That sounds about right. It's that kind of movie. Leatherface, 3.2 user review, 27% on Rotten Tomatoes, 5 on IMDb. And here's... A, a rather long review, but it's a good review. Okay. In my late teens, I fell in love with old school 70s and 80s slasher genre. Cheesy, campy, glory, gory, bloody, spooky, whatever. Halloween, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, and of course, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Unfortunately, the 2000s brought a host of those same slasher remakes, meaning fans of the original would never see another sequel to those original films. Well, God bless the makers of Texas Chainsaw 3D. This is a direct sequel to the very first original, original legendary Texas Chainsaw film. It does mostly ignore all the other films, including the remakes in the 2000s, though I think they tried to draw on some of the lore established in other sequels and remakes. The film features four actors from the original film in a new roles. The story is solid, but does jump into some seriously cheesy area towards the end, but it doesn't wreck anything. The film is off the charts gory and twisted like any previous Texas Chainsaw film. It still keeps that dark country feel that you would expect from the series. I saw the film in 3D and anyone who reads my reviews knows I'm not a fan of 3D and this was no exception. It didn't change the film at all or make it better although there was one scene when a chainsaw came right at the screen and it actually looked like it was right in front of you. So she liked that. Yeah, okay. That really was like the one thing, so. The cast is as stereotypical as you could possibly expect, but in a good way. This is Texas Chainsaw, and there is no reason to mess with what works. The stunning dark-haired beauty, Alexander Daddario, is our screen queen of the film. She has a certain innocence to her, but they still use her sexuality to draw the male crowd. She has a killer abs that make a constant appearance throughout the film. <laughs> she is good. I thought I was pervy earlier. <laughs> yeah, right. She is good in her role and approximately appropriately screams runs, and fights the way you would expect from a good scream queen. A man without a lot of credits to his name, Dan Yeager, has the distant, distinct honor of picking up as a chainsaw as Leatherface. He is excellent, as good as any of the others, and makes you almost feel his empathy for him, which I think is the point of the character. He is twisted and angry, but also mentally stunted and childlike at times. Yeager does a great job. Trey Songs is Daddario's boyfriend and our token black guy. He's a decent, though, has very little development, and you know he will be fodder for Leatherface. Same could be said for Tanya Raymond, as the loose morals gal who will inevitably do a lot of screaming and running and sleeping around. She does her genre role decently. Sean Sippos is a good as the innocent-seeming thief and Leatherface's first victim. Thom Barry and Paul Ray, as terrific as the opposing sheriff and mayor, always at odds and burying a decades-old secret. The two of them added an old-school vibe to their scenes, like old characters from the original, where they all were there, although neither one of them were in the original character or actor. Scott Eastwood is decent as a seemingly hero cop, and I enjoyed where they took his character, although I think they could have used him more. I have to pay credit where credit is due. 
And I was surprised to see how little big name credit directors from John Lucenhop has under his belt. This also appears to be his first foray into horror and hopefully not his last because it experts expertly crafts a truly outstanding slasher fic and it feels inside out like Texas Chainsaw. The film truly covers the gambit of what Leatherface is all about and all the stories that have been built around him through multiple films. The family connection is even stronger in this one, and the family storyline is sort of reminiscent of the old. Halloween, but with a complete different old twist to it. The best and worst lines in the films are both one-liners in the, wor- in the form of Welcome to Texas, best line, and the worst line takes an otherwise seriously gory and disturbing film and makes it briefly incredibly cheesy, and that was, do your thing, cuz. <laughs> Terrible line, but great movie. Fans should love it, and newcomers to the series, where where have you been? Watch the original right now, and then watch this one. Loved it. Wow, he really did love that movie. Yeah. He really did love it. He was wrong about everything, but he loved that movie. Like, sometimes you you just love flickering pictures on the screen, and that's all that homie needed. He was thrilled. He's like, oh, this is a movie, all right, I love it. But he was so eloquent in the way he he, he he spoke about it. He put it well. I I, I don't agree with him about, about much. But I, I'm glad that he was able to find something to enjoy in this movie that I sure as hell yeah. did. Yeah. So. It was like he wrote a paper on it. Yeah, yeah. So good for him. By the way, before we leave the movie, I had to mention uh, Tanya Raymond. Uh, she played uh, Jodie Arias in the Lifetime uh, version of that movie. And that's the only fact I know about that actress. And I wanted to say it because it's the, uh, I, I looked it up and I was like, I have weirdly seen that movie and I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Here's a 10 star of the, the last movie we just right, I'm more reviewed. curious about this too. Holy shit. Whoa. I just watched this movie and this was beyond spectacular. The darkest, most gut-wrenchingly icky version of the original story ever. I've got to hand it to the makeup, special effects, and department on this one, since it's absolutely and fantastically gory. Unbelievably R-rated to the maximum here. I mean, it's already technically a foreign film. There are many epic sequences of violence that are awesomely intense and a graphic as hell. There's also a sex scene you'll never be able to unsee. This film just drags the viewer through a metaphorical sludge of utterly disturbing character development and filth onto the credits roll and it's perfect. Makes you seriously consider taking a shower after viewing, but I usually need one anyways. It's hardcore realism like this that we need more of the ho- of from Hollywood. I like this and want to watch it again now. It's like the very best of anything Rob Zombie has ever created and feels extremely disturbing along the exact same lines. The Devil's Rejects did this is totally worth watching for this is the chainsaw movie that us horror fans have always been waiting for. Well, this delusional gentleman also <laughs> also with some nice prose, but um, wow, I, I can't believe so much worked for him. But hey, hey, listen, man, you, you love what you love. That's all I can say about that. Yeah, to each his own. Oh God, I, I, I really can't imagine anybody loving it. But I'm, I guess, you know, I'm, I, he's got the Blu-ray in his collection. I'm glad he digs it. Yeah, he, he'd have the Criterion if they would have. Yeah, some <laughs> the Criterion of leather. <laughs> oh yeah, if they did it, I'd buy it. They did it, I'd buy it. <laughs> just, just for sheer principle. Yeah, that 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 pretty much wraps up our, our Leatherface special. We somehow missed the the good sequel of Texas Chainsaw Massacre Two because it's not a reboot. No, and Leatherface is just a crappy sequel to the other Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre Three, and the McConaughey one isn't one. So these are the movies that we did, and we enjoyed the first movie. I found a little bit to like the 2003 movie, but I haven't enjoyed myself since. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I did like some. I mean, the 2022 film was watchable. So you know, if we're putting it, obviously the the originals at the top. Much lower down would be the 2003 film. Then I'd put the 2022 Netflix movie. Then I would go with uh, Texas Chainsaw 3D. And then, of course, Leatherface as the worst, probably the worst movie we've seen on the show. Can I put them all into one bucket? <laughs> yes, yes, you can. I'm going to file 13 them all. Yeah, these are movies you're, you're never going to watch again, except I mean, we might watch. Well, we're going to watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre again, but we're never going to watch any of these other movies again. No. Never. No. I, I hope not, at least. I we'd have to be completely insane. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. All right. So uh, with that being said, uh, Meredith, what are your socials? I don't have any socials. That's right. Fuck social media. But anyway, uh, if you do like social media by any chance, uh, there's a few ways to get a hold of us. You can email grittyrebootcast at gmail.com. That's uh, the most 90s way to get a hold of us if you can. And then, of course, there is Gritty Reboot at Instagram and at TikTok. 
I check those pretty regularly. So uh, that's probably the best way to get a hold of us. And we post a lot of things about the show, news and updates about, you know, whatever we're working on at that moment in time. But yeah, reach out and please obviously uh, rate, uh, like, subscribe, please do whatever you can to help us promote the show. If you, if you enjoy us, if you don't, you know, just unsubscribe, we're okay with that. Yes, please, <laughs> please yeah. like us. Yeah. If you, if you, if you like us enough, please leave a review. We, we'd love to have one. So uh, we, we would appreciate that greatly. And uh, with that, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is officially closed. Yes, never again. Never again. Never want to do this again. Never. <laughs> yeah, this is, I told you, these sequels are rough. These sequels are rough. Yeah, that was rough. Yeah. I we, thought I was going to hate Hellraiser, and I hated this. Yeah, th- th- this was, a, this was a, a rough, rough couple of weeks for us here. But yeah, with that being said, guys, uh, we'll see you next week, and we'll do something a lot more fun, hopefully. Yeah. All right, guys. See you. Bye.